Los Angeles, are you ready to confess? Because guess what? We are going back on tour. That's right. LA is our first stop on October 21st at the Terragram Ballroom. Doors open at 6 o'clock. Bring your homies, bring your girls, bring your partner, and bring those confessions because the night is going to be filled with naughty little secrets, and you know how we turn up at a good mom show. So I cannot wait to see you. That's October 21st at the Terragram Ballroom. Click the link in this episode description and get your tickets today. If you're not aware of who you are and, and, and really just taking care of yourself, you can easily be told anything. And what's funny is because it's cultural, too. Right. In our culture, blacks and browns, more curvy. Right. Which is why BBLs are very popular, not popular right? <laughs> Ooh, girl. But at the end of the day, it's not the BBL BBLs that is going to maintain a family together. Right. You right. can have all the surgeries in the world and have the nicest body in the world. It's you. Right. It's, ho- it's how you show up for yourself. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, y'all. How you doing? I feel good. I drink coffee, so I feel energized. Oh, is that what this this burst of energy is coming from? I haven't had coffee in two days, and this is what happens. How how come we haven't had coffee in two days? We were in like the coffee land. I don't know. I just didn't get to it. Oh, okay. I didn't have the coffee that I wanted, which was really irritating, but um, (laughs) we just got back from Miami like moments ago. (laughs) I literally slept for like fucking... Like twelve hours, we needed it bad. I like. I know we say this every time we go out of town, but I'm not a party girl anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've graduated out of it. It's take. It takes a lot out of me. We went to Miami for like a week, and it was our friend Cashley's birthday. We rented a house and a yacht, and we did all the Miami things. We wore like nighttime sunglasses every day. <laughs> Which is obviously the definition of Miami. Little outfits, sparkles, and nighttime sunglasses. <laughs> it's true. But I think I'm going to start being like Amber Rose and wear sunglasses at night all no, the time. No, me too. Me too. I, I think I, it's the thing now. It, they have to be like a little translucent because I don't like to feel like I can't see good because I already can't see good. Sometimes you got to commit because I've done the – I wear the black perspectives at night and it's a look. And my, I have to commit to it and be blind. My eyesight's not – not high enough for me to an additional additionally put on dark glasses they have to be like light or else i'll be bumping into things plus drinking and hell no i'll be like like, where's that blind mice going where's my friends at have Uh, you seen these people (laughs) can't take off my glasses i'm committed to looking like amber today um we went to the what what was the african afro nation went to the afro nation concert went to the beach um dinners we went to dinners we went to kiki on the river or yeah we went to fucking the strip club <laughs> one thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do the things and oh we, we had a book signing okay. <laughs> how the fuck do we do all of this every time we go somewhere we're like we're gonna relax we're gonna be so relaxful and then we do four thousand things but we had a really beautiful book signing in miami we have a really bomb ass tribe in miami that i didn't realize that we had um shout out to nikki who took care of us and hosted us and supported us so much in making this happen she was like i'm here to support you we're doing this and i'm really grateful that you made us do this and not made us but encouraged us to have a book signing in miami and brought out your community 
Um, Work It Moms Miami is the shit. And um, just shout out to all the women and moms that came out to support us and um, Mom Juice for supplying the wines because everybody knows moms love wine. I love the name Mom Juice. It's like the perfect wine. If I was going to have a wine company, it would be called Mom Juice or like Mom, Mama Juice. or I can make some calls and see what we can do. Good bad juice. Good, good bad, bad wine. Good wine. That is it. Good wine. No good is everything in our thing. So I mean, it was just lovely. It was lovely, and thank you, Nikki. You did you did did the thing, and make sure you guys go follow. Thank you, Nikki, and I see why she's a doula. And is, is that her Instagram? Thank yeah, you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. So so appropriate. Yeah, she's a she's a black doula in Miami, and like, if I have a doula and I lived in Miami, Nikki would be my, be my doula, literally. Like, she's the most compassionate. Like, she just fucking cares so I don't even much. care that she's in Miami. When I get pregnant, her ass is coming to L.A. We're okay, well, then we got to get pregnant at the same time so that we can just oh, like, make, it make, one, it, make it work at that, one point. You know? So we can just, like, pay for one flight? Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Um, <laughs> we're going to share a doula and a midwife. We're going to hold hands and push. <laughs> that would be beautiful. Um. Did you enjoy your trip, my love? I did enjoy my trip. I had a great time. I got to hang out with my friends. I realized how lucky I am. Always realize how lucky I am. But I have a, such an amazing group of friends and tribe and that we just are all fucking nuts. And But we accept our nutsness and we love each other. And we always, no matter how annoying we are to one another and we bicker and shit, we just get over it. We get past it. And that's that. That's true. We have a very unique friend group of friends, as you can imagine. Um, we're a unique we're a unique couple, and so the the friends that embrace us are legitimately crazy, and it's, it's <laughs> wonderful. And this weekend we had like a new, two new people in the group because people got some new bows, bows, yeah. bows. Like what? You never heard bow? Oh, b e a u. Yeah. Wow, wow. That's you're taking it. You're a real author these days, my love. <laughs> not, it's not that. Sounds very authory. Um, anyway, not bays, not to be confused with bays or booze, but bows. They're the same, <laughs> all of the same uh, synonyms. Um, and I was really concerned if they're going to be able to, you know, just slide in and not be alarmed at, you know, the amount of titties, pussy popping and, you know, twerking that happened and everyone seemed fine. So it was, it was really nice. Oh, also side note, I got to meet my internet crush, Derek Two Grace. It's, it's not his name. I looked on his Instagram, but it's not Derek Two. He changed it? Derek Grace Two. What was it two before? I think so. Okay. Or unless I've been saying it wrong, but everybody You knows. did get to meet him. And the the joy <laughs> and the excitement. At, first of all, I was like brain dead. And I was watching Jamila and she's like, so tell me. I was like, bitch, you know your nigga's sitting right here, right? I know. I have some things to ask. She was so excited. She was, was she was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, he was barely talking. I was like, he was. I mean, he was. His 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 woman was doing a lot of talking, but I was just like, watching you was like, I was like, wow, I'm so glad that you're here because I have, I'm tired. I don't have a lot to say. Well, the thing is, we were supposed to do a podcast with him. The bitch ass studio fucked up our slot, and so I was like, "We have to make this happen." He first of all, he drove four hours to come see us to do the podcast that we didn't get to fucking do, and so I was like, "We're going to breakfast." And then I text Erica like, "Get your fucking ass up because it's going to be weird if I just go." <laughs> come with me. <laughs> Bring your nigga. We're going, and we did, and he was very nice, yeah. very nice man. And we're already talking about we're gonna um go out there and um we're gonna make a vlog. Oh yeah, we're gonna- what are you sidebarring with him? Yeah. Wow. And we're vlogging. We're going to do a vlog and we're going to shoot guns and take mushrooms and do fun things. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> on the compound. Mm-hmm. On the compound. So, yeah, we had a really fun-filled week in Miami and did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. And, yeah, I'm grateful. Every, You know, we did an interview with someone from the Stacks podcast, and she said, you guys live juicy lives. And you know what? No word has ever been truer. We live some juicy fucking lives. We do a lot of fun shit, and I'm very grateful. I'm an adventurer, so my life is panning out exactly how I wished it to be. Perfect. Anyway. (laughs) More importantly, we're back in L.A., and we have a very, very, very special guest with us. Oh, I'm going to do the honors? Do the honors, okay. my love. You guys, we have none other than health coach, mompreneur. Montrepreneur. Mama, mama, mom, mom, mompreneur. Mompreneur. Wow, I'm fucking this up already. Mompreneur. Um, I would say like motivational speaker, even though I don't know how much motivational speaking you do, but when I read your post, I feel motivated as fuck. Um. Massey, adios. Oh, thank you, ladies, for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Mom Show. I'm so excited to be here. We're really happy like to really have cool, you. dope, laid back, real ladies. Yeah, we just be chilling. We're like ten minutes away, so we'll be friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically why we bring everybody here is to like come on our show, aka be our friend. And be our friend, and we'll we'll enhance your life. You enhance mine. I'm like, I was looking at your page. I was like, I need those. How do I get those abs? I'm like, wait, she doesn't diet. She eats regular. Wait, I'm like, oh my god, and like, your body is just incredible. Like what you've been able to like really do and focus in, and just like it's so motivational. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting it. I was literally looking at your shit on the plane right now, and I was like. Can't wait to get home and go to the gym. Yes. <laughs> and I don't even do it I'm for gonna, the body. I'm going to join the program. I know, Well, I know. You know what? I don't really. The, it's a byproduct. The body's a byproduct because even for me, exercise is my men, is mental health for me. Yeah. The, when I don't do it, I realize I start becoming a fucked up person. Mm-hmm. Really. I become, That's my mom juice. Ah. Uh, do you drink or you don't drink? I barely. <sighs> See, I knew. Because I what's this the is point the of secret. drinking? We were just secret. having this conversation. Like, what's the point of drinking? If I'm going to have one drink. Like, what does that do? No, I'm going to have two or three, and then the next day, you just feel like shit. Well, maybe if two, maybe two will make you feel like shit, right? <laughs> what do you right? Okay, when you three. drink, what do you drink? Um, I don't do wine. Yeah. Wine just makes me feel sleepy. negative and sleepy, and I just don't want to do anything. Not negative. So if I do anything, it'll be vodka mm. on the rocks. Mm. No sugar. Mm. Yeah, straight to just, it. Yeah. Well, see, even in Miami, I we went out, I think... Oh yeah, when you when we left you that last night, we went to this. We ended up finding this amazing Afrobeats party. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was amazing. And they we had these drinks, and they kept bringing these. Like I kept ordering drinks with pineapple juice and all these. Then there was like a slushy drink, and it was delicious. It was like lychee. But as I'm drinking it, I was like, I can't drink any more Sugar. fucking juice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. And I was, I literally was like, I can't. And it tastes like juice. I can't take it anymore. I was like, I and I don't. I'm not even a really a big juice drinker. Um, I find that men drink a lot of juice. You notice that mm, all yeah, the men no. in my life love juice. juice. Yeah, especially but black men. They love juice. They love juice. And so I, I'm more of like you know, like little soda. But for some reason, this trip I was just going all tropicals, and I feel it. I'm like, I'm in the morning. My head hurts. I'm like, yeah. the hangover's worse. There you go. But also, I don't really love alcohol without. Some for some some form uh, of flavor. I maybe. tried to do a little splash, like give me a splash of pineapple, just a splash, not too much, <laughs> so I can just have a little bit. You but know, I agree, it's not from time sp- to time. If it's the occasion and the vibe is there, and my friends are there, 
I'm usually the sober one in the room. Mm-hmm. But a driver. I'll have. We will be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> actually, I have all this energy in me. And when you get to know me, I don't really need... You know, often when Adams. I ask people, why do you drink? It's just to loosen up. I'm loose. I'm good. I'm loose. I'm myself. You're either going to like me or you're going to hate me. Mm. Usually people like me. So, <laughs> yeah, I tend not to, you know, drink too much. And then I can do the other things. I feel you. The business, the daughter, everything just has to be in line. In line. No. And, you know, we and Mila had an episode. We were talking about J-Lo and Sierra. Remember, we were like, they don't drink, and that's why they're beautiful. I was like, mm-hmm. how are we ever going to look like J Lo and Sierra? We've got to stop drinking. That's not ages you. I know, it ages I, you. Well, I go through phases, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm a yo-yoer, which is why, mm. like, reading your thing, I was like, oh god, I know, I even in well in December, um, I kind of went like cold turkey everything, but I was really patient with my diet. I didn't like deprive myself, and I just like did ate mo- mostly healthy, and I was like, wow, this feels so much better. Like this is. This is sustainable, not like these other things that I've done. I've done these extreme diets. I remember after I had my daughter, I went on this what the fuck is his name? Something Freeman. Some guy. And he Oh. You know what I'm talking about. I know everyone in the fitness world knows him or you know, know each other. But him and his girl, they have like these like, you know, these diets that they do. And it was so extreme. Like I had to eat salmon like seven times a day. What? Yeah. For one week straight to put my body in ketosis. And what the fuck is ketosis? It's like when you're it's like when you're like you just automatically are burning fat all the time, kind of, right? Let's just say if you cannot sustain it for the rest of your life. It's just something you're doing short term that may affect you. So it's not that you have to eat less. It's that you have to just build a better relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So I'll help you. Yeah, my relationship with food is not good. I think because I, I early on in my going to school with mostly white girls, um, my body was always different. I was always curvy. So I was always like judging myself and feeling like I was bigger than everyone. And then on top of that, I was acting when I was a child and doing modeling. So I was just always kind of very aware of my body early on. And so because of that, I was constantly like comparing myself. And then as an adult, like, okay, I need to like be a certain weight. I need to fit into this. So it's been like an extreme thing where like, I'm either like on an extreme diet or like I'm overeating. And then Mm -hmm. at some points I find balance. And with that specific diet that I went on, um, I just remember I wanted to throw up. I was like, how the fuck? I can't eat. I didn't, I couldn't eat salmon for two years after that. <laughs> Not two No, yeah. literally. I would smell it and be like. like. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is. That's the perception that most people have about health and wellness. And about looking better and feeling better. I mean, I'm getting really serious when I no, talk about no. wellness. Yeah. I get really, really serious. <laughs> this is my shit. passion, right? Yeah. So mentally, like, you just have to be aware. You're what you do most of the time, not what you do some of the time, mm-hmm. right? And if you empower people with education, no gimmicks, you have to do something that is going to be sustainable, understanding your lifestyle, applying different philosophies of maybe eating, exercising to your lifestyle. Sometimes we put ourselves into a box trying to do something that is completely alien to what fits us, what makes us feel good culturally, lifestyle wise, where we are. Right. And what we are able to manage Mm -hmm. like busy moms, you have to know how to work out so that you're able to have enough energy to do everything else that you do. So it's just, you know, a process and you were given this big brain. And as a woman, we're incredible. Learn, learn about your bodies, learn about yourself. Don't follow your intuition. What feels good. 
So over the past 11 years, I've just fine-tuned what that feels like. And the nail popped off. <laughs> what the fuck? Speaking of, so before I came in, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was I really tried. Really? I do so many things and people think I'm a, I'm a robot. <laughs> but I'm trying to simplify my life and I just realized that I, I just lost a nail. There you go. Don't, don't, there. Give up on, don't give up on press on nails because I've you just didn't glue them. I just didn't glue them. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't but, use any glue? You just pressed them on? No, I, I did it a little bit, but yeah. I just did. You know, I'm on this all natural, right. leaving my hair all natural, simplifying my life. Therefore, I can do so many other things, which brings me to the next point. You know, if you are a businesswoman, you have your kids looking perfect all the time. It's an idea that we're subscribing to on socials, but it's not. You know, the reality is before I came here, I already had a whole entire meeting, woke up at 4.30, dropped off my daughter at school, had to get ready and do it myself and press on these nails <laughs> so that I can be here with you amazing ladies. So, you know, you just have to do what feels right for you and understand that sometimes, depending on the season, you're not going to have it all, right? But you will have seasons in which you can plan yourself to potentially feel like you have it all for mm. the year for you know for whatever duration it is mm, mm. because life is not a race it's a marathon baby you got time we do we do, we do. <laughs> wait so who was massey 11 years ago like how did you get into this how did you get into this wellness thing have you always been like wellness conscious no not at all when people see me now they think i had an athletic background that i was in sports for you were a girl because i was no, watching a I clip wasn't. of you and this guy on the beach and he was like working out with your best friend and i was like this bitch was a track star for sure no <laughs> <laughs> I started because of body dysmorphia, mm. depression. I wanted to die at some point, mm. just to give you the short story. And um, fitness pretty much saved me. It really just, I found my passion. I, you know, I was at a point in my life where I needed to change. My brain chemistry needed to change. And I found something that I started to do for myself, just like you guys started. It was never, I was never, I never intended it to be a business. I never intended it to be a career, but I was experiencing depression that took my entire life. So I gave up on everything. You know, at the time um, I emancipated when I was 17 years old, mm -hmm. I came to the country from the Caribbean, Dominican, um, when I was 13. Um, two of my brothers came with me. Um, and by the time I was graduating high school, my brother gets diagnosed with stage four, um, Burkitt's lymphoma is a form of cancer. Mm -hmm. And maybe this happens. I'm not going to speak on, I'm going to speak on my culture, but everything is put on the female, mm. right? The boys, you know, we cradled the boys. Everything was put on the females. I was pretty much the only one who acclimated to the culture um, coming in. My brothers didn't, mm -hmm. but I did. I was very studious from, I love to learn. So did you come here to California or? No, New York. Okay, New York. That's where we all end up okay. on the East Coast. That's what I thought. I thought I was like, yeah. Canada equals New York. Yeah. <laughs> New York or Miami. You feel these, these East Coast vibes, even uh -huh. though I've been here in LA for nine years. But ultimately, just to give you the short, um, story. You can go to my website and see the full documentary. I fitness saved my life. Most people, I come from the Caribbean. We have the highest rate, the highest percentages of diabetes and hypertension. 
Latinos, of all Latinos, right? And I didn't, even though I grew up doing music, ballet here and there, fitness was never a thing that females did, right? And once I started feeling what I was feeling, I mean, at 17, I had the responsibility of my brother not going to the school that I wanted to, that I work really, really hard to acclimate to the country. I had to quit it all for my brother for a whole entire year and a half. Mm. And I started changing my life, the way that I was eating. Most people do not know that I have uh, a blood condition that causes my asthma. Mm. So I couldn't even perform sports mm. because I had a reaction, right? And I literally started um, at the time, a boyfriend of mine, my first boyfriend, I ended up in good hands <laughs> with, who is now one of my best friends, was a personal trainer. And I fell into this depression where, I mean, I'm almost 5'9". I'm, I'm tall, mm -hmm. right? And I went down to maybe 114 pounds to my lowest, oh, wow. looking almost anorexic, losing all my hair, my gums. I mean, now it's coming back, thank God, after the baby. But I was lost, I quit school. I dropped out. I just didn't want to do anything. I, I, I lived, I lived that crazy life that you would never think 11 years now, the person that I've become mm. and everything I did was to help myself be a different person. Mentally, I was weak. I felt weak mentally and even my emotional intelligence wasn't there, mm -hmm. right? So when I say that at fitness, I didn't do it for the body, even though I had body dysmorphia because I'm from the Caribbean. I'm supposed to have curves. I'm supposed to, and I'm here. An ectomorph, most people do not know as well. I have to do very hard things to keep a little bit of weight, right? So coincidentally, you know, I just started doing, um, doing training little by little. I couldn't even run a block without losing my breath and having an asthma attack, right? Mm -hmm. And I started sharing my journey little by little, and then it just became something huge. Wow. Because I was speaking out of honesty. So people followed a journey. It's very difficult to do that now, right? But back then, when Instagram was just a filter app and mm. it started to develop, people were following my journey. And they were relating to what I was feeling because I'm, I've been extremely open about my entire life, right? It's only up until three years ago that I've had to remain very quiet and very private for reasons that we're going to probably talk about later on. But I fell in love with fitness, what it did to my brain, what it did to my confidence. I get goosebumps still talking about that story mm. because I will never go back. Mm. What you feel when you, I mean, looking back 11 years ago, oh my God, I was like a marionette mm. to what we call today the, the I guess like the, the a system, you know, this shoebox that you have to fill, these ideas. I had to open up my, my, my mind about a lot of things and fitness really, truly gave me power. And for a very long time, once I got in the groove of things that I just wanted to mentally feel better and all I was doing was like cardio and doing things that going outside, going for walks, I started working on my strength because I felt weak mentally and physically. 
and the strength that you see in everything that I do today has stemmed from that very beginning, the confidence that fitness gives you. Mm -hmm. And I've always been this way. Always, I want to be the best and see the fullest potential that I can be, period. So that's how it all started. You know, fitness is very important. I teach it. I coach it. I, and I do it in a way that is BS free. Well, we can say bullshit free. <laughs> I'm not going to be the person that is going to tell you what you want to hear or sell you a dream. I'm going to give you the tools so that we can slowly find a process to get you up to speed and take your power back with your body, with your health, with, I mean, most of the things that I do is now life coaching. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to say, this sounds like therapy. Of the I'm like, brain. It sounds like doing. It, it's like a therapy, which yeah. I think innately, I think once you start getting into shape and you start working on your body or it, it eventually, it, it inevitably also starts to affect your mind or train your mind in your a way. Health. Yeah. yeah like you said. In a capacity, you know, if you let it, but you know, sometimes, I mean, as you know, and you're, if you're listening, like I get it. Like I'm one of those people that is like on their fitness journey and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so fucking good. I feel amazing. And then like one thing comes into my life to kind of like say, put a wrench in it real quick. And then it's like, am I going to take the wrench or I'm going to go? And then I don't know. Like it's, I, it's always, I, I, the consistent, it's the consistency for me. And I don't know why it's so hard to take care of yourself. It's not, but it feels like it is in this, in, in this, in the day that we're in the space and time that we're in with our being moms, being entrepreneurs. Like I want to travel like, Oh shit, I'm going to go away for a week. How am I going to make sure that I stay active in that week? And then I come back and I'm not making excuses. Oh God, I, uh, I'll go back in a few days. You know, it's really like the commitment to yourself, like anything, like whether that's therapy, whether that's, you know, you're building something that you're, that you're passionate about and also like taking care of this thing you only have that we life. only get one of. I think of, I see people, I was on the airplanes today and there was this woman, she didn't even look that old, but like she needed to get out of a wheelchair. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so grateful that my legs work. Like mm -hmm. you take for granted, like just little things that just come naturally until you don't have that shit because mm -hmm. a, I mean, shit happens, but also like, you know, because it's your own, because of yourself. We don't become old because we age. We become old because we stop moving and doing the things that are going to keep us young and keep us sexy. There has to be some sort of vanity that you have to have and self-respect mm -hmm. and self-worth that you look at yourself and you learn how to cope in the right ways. I mean, I could grab the glass of wine. I mean, it's easy when, when you don't have other tools to manage with your children. I mean, it, 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 raising a child on your own as a single mom, is, it's already hard. So learning the tools to be able to be more efficient and, 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 and troubleshoot what you want, it takes planning, right? But these things are doable. So that's what fitness teaches you in the beginning, if you've never done it. Because imagine, like I've been verbally abused, um, led other people. I would say you don't, you allow people to make you feel certain things, mm. you know, not even loving my body for what it was, for who I was. Mm -hmm. So think about emotional abuse, all of it. Now you can't do that. There's even now, because most people ask me if I'm dating and whatnot and prospects, it's like, you have to come correct because I know from a mile away what you're bringing to the table mm -hmm. and that's okay with me. You know, it's okay with me. I'm, I'm still single. Mm -hmm. 
and will be for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's like if if you're not if you're not aware of your self worth, then you're more susceptible to uh, emotional abuse. You know, because then you believe it. If you don't know who yeah. you are or what you know what you are, people can say anything to you, and then it'll affect you. But I'm I'm reading a book and. It discusses like specifically how women are loved from like childhood into adulthood and that, you know, we generally don't have complexes with our bodies until puberty. And at that point, we're, we kind of be, we kind of adopt the understanding that we have to show up a certain way in our bodies and then our self-worth is tied to that. And then that's when like at puberty, your mom is like, put on earrings or you're not dressing like a lady or like there's this like at puberty, you start to understand how your appearance affects your worth and like even like i'm skinny you're curvy and like having even having such different body types we're all affected by uh society's standard of what beauty is and how you're supposed to show up and then like that you know if if it doesn't look like this and you're too skinny if you're too if you're too this then you're too that and it's just like how those standards start to like warp how you feel about yourself and like we're all beautiful women and we're all going to look differently, but like how you feel is generally like the most, the most important catalyst of everything else. You know, it's like you might be thicker than, you know, and I might be skinny and I've been skinny for my whole life and I'm still, and also like felt like too skinny and not curvy enough. And like, but it's just crazy how, if you're not aware of who you are and, and, and really just taking care of yourself, you can easily be told anything. And what's funny is because it's cultural too. Right. In our culture, blacks and browns more curvy. Right. Which is why BBLs are very popular. Not popular, right? <laughs> Ooh, girl. But at the end of the day, it's not the BBL that's going to maintain a family together. Right. You right. can have all the surgeries in the world and have the nicest body in the world. It's you. Right. It's, who, it's how you show up for yourself is what you do every single day. That it's it, it is self self love and self worth goes far beyond than what you look like. And I always say, we should never be in denial, you know, and there's a lot of us who are in denial at the end of the day, you, you know what you have to do to get on the other side, how, how you get to the other side, right. is what's important because at the end of the day, like I'm referring it back to saying like, you know who you are, you accentuate the air, you know, your, your body, the way that you want to accentuate right. it. Right. So if you don't, if you're not where you want to be, then let's fix it. And let's fix it from a area that comes from love instead of hate. Right. Like, okay, like, let's not be in denial, girl. Like you let yourself go. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help mm-hmm. together. Let's go. Let's do this. Right. right. Let's get you back to being who you feel like you want to be. And he's transcending even body types. Right. Well, we have this thing on our show where we play a little game called Trigger. And I would love to play with you to get to know you a little better quickly. Um, Basically, I say a word and then you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. (laughs) Don't overthink it. I won't. It might get nasty. Okay. (laughs) When's your birthday? Wait, oh, that's part of Trigger, bitch. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is in this one. <laughs> okay, because it's never been in there before. You want my sun, my moon, my ascendant? You know I want all that shit. You don't care. I'm from L.A. I want the whole chart. Well, we might as well. What is it, actually? What is it? I, um, oh, God. <laughs> um, Tina Turner, actually. 
but my sun is in Sag. Okay. My moon is in Gemini. Ooh. My my Venus is in Scorpio. Oh. Okay. What's your rising? Do you know your rising? Aries. Oh, you're fire, baby. Yeah. You're but you're so your your rising so and your sun are are fire, and then your moon is what's air. Gemini air? Yeah. Air. I don't know what the hate is of Gemini. And you're Latina. You're yeah, a fucking Latina. firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the hate of what fire signs? Which well, air signs. Oh, air signs. They always get a bad rap. Specifically, Gemini. Are you yeah. Gemini? He's an he's an Aquarius. Oh. <laughs> yeah i mean i think there's specific signs that do i always say like it's the unhealed versions of these signs and, not, and granted not everyone's no one's healed right but like the ones that have you haven't even begun no, no to acknowledge that they needed to do any sort of work at all those are the ones you got to be careful yes. of those are the terrifying ones because i'm a yep. scorpio and scorpios you know we are we're already kind of like you know we're a little tricky so when you, How do you even say tricky not tricky like like sneaky well yes but if you're done wrong yeah but i think you know we can just be evil in ways and there's certain signs that don't really have evil in them (laughs) (laughs) you know you know and so i you know cancer too because she's cancer yeah very highly emotional you know too like just as much as a Scorpio bitch I'm not saying that you're just chosen a different Different way way. I'm saying that highly emotional Emotional. aspect can allow if you are not working on yourself can come out hateful yeah Yeah. so I feel like especially with the men it's like my dad my dad is a Scorpio he's the coolest guy yeah but better walk correct (laughs) he'll love you until he don't until you do something wrong and then that's it yeah ghosted (laughs) for life All right. Yeah, I could do that. Um, okay, here we go. Let's play trigger, guys. Bad habits. I have so many. I was gonna say you don't have any. Was, <laughs> bad habits. Trying to save people. Mm, Captain Save a Ho. <sighs> That's like like that part. Bad <laughs> habits of just women in general. Yeah. Everyone, because I don't feel like with all the red flags. Yeah, like are there for a I reason. can help you. Are men no. doing a lot of saving? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean maybe like financially sometimes it makes them feel good, but the, the Not actual even saving, like no. like like brand Healing? building of a human. No, no, that's women's women. Marriage. Not those eyes. <laughs> Marriage. Um, she said slavery. <laughs> a mutual contract. Motherhood. Jesus, it's supposed to be quick, huh? <laughs> um, best thing that ever happened to me. Religion. Agnostic, but very Christian. What? Is, is an agnostic Christian? No. I thought no. agnostic. You don't believe in but anything. I, I, no, that's. Uh, it's not that I don't believe, not in, believe anything, in anything, but, but you're I not, just you open. don't subscribe. We don't know. You don't know. Okay. We just don't know. We just don't know. But <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm a child of God. Very Christian. Born in a very orthodox. Wait, hold on. Household. That don't make no sense. How are you gonna be a child of God, very Christian, but you're agnostic? Agnostic because think about this: if you're a Muslim, do I hate you? Well, do you think if you choose a religion, you have to hate the hate one of them? Well, but most Orthodox religions, they are there's a hi- there's a hierarchy in which. So was, for me, no, no hierarchy, we just don't one. know. We have, if you understand world religion, 
we're all saying that something higher exists and we're all creating our different stories. But at the end of the day, most religions, God is love. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to hate on another religion, hate on another person because I am believing in my opinion opinion of what is up there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say agnostic. Mm -hmm. I can sit down with anyone and hear you out and continue to learn. But at the end of the day, we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's up there and what's waiting. What we do know is that we are all made out of flesh. And even though we want to be different and differentiate ourselves from whether it's cultural, ethnicity, race, beliefs, political, at the end of the day, we all go through one thing that we all have in common. It's human experience. Death. And death. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Okay. Got it. I know what I know and I follow what I follow, but technically we do not know. Mm. So are you also open to like adopting certain belief systems of other religions if they resonate with you? Well, if you look at, oh, we're, we're going at home. My mom is going to kill me. (laughs) I'm going to be upset. (laughs) Um, But she as well has opened herself to being more receptive. Mm -hmm. So what did you ask me again? Oh, I was just asking if, would you be open to adopting other belief systems and of other religions if they resonated with you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like being kind and loving your neighbor yeah or like i don't know whatever it is like certain rituals or or belief systems in general like you know okay um monogamy tradition open relationship good luck (laughs) (laughs) childhood Special. Your childhood. Wonderful. Obesity. Preventive. Health. Priority. Cannabis. NA. Just like me. <laughs> um, black women. Favorite artist, dead or alive? We're doing this. Favorite artist, dead or alive? Um, I would say Jesus Christ. That is just hard. I was like, Jesus, what song he got? (laughs) I'm just so ambiguous with my with my music. Which him? Um, I would say. I mean. Total package. I will say Bruno Mars. Oh, really? okay. I freaking love Bruno Mars. I do love Bruno Mars too. He is so talented. You I wasn't it. expecting Bruno. You know, Bruno Mars. He is like an old, like old time. You know, you can just put it anywhere, listen to it. He's just like <laughs> whether you're crying, hyped up, motivated. Did you have you seen his documentary where he was like a little Elvis impersonator as a child in, in on the islands? No. no. Yes, he was an Elvis impersonator, like a tiny Elvis impersonator, like seven years old. In Hawaii? Maybe younger, six in Hawaii. Yeah, he would get hired for parties and he was the best. That's hilarious. That's why he has that, you know, he got that little doo-wop soul shit going on. I'm going to change my mind. I'm okay. an artist. I would say Juan Luis Guerra. Juan who? Juan Luis Guerra. Juan Li- Luis. If you're, if, if I'm Luis going on the Spanish Guerra. Latin side, you gotta go there. he would be the ultimate. Okay. Is he still alive? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. He's still popping. Oof. Okay. Is he cute? I mean, not like that. Well, you just said it well, like he like was. he's like like internationally. Okay, you were like, he's popping. I was like, do I need to look up Juan well, yeah, Luis Gale? No, 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 he's like a dad. <laughs> okay, like a dad. Yeah. Dad, hey, dad. dads are hot too. Hey. <laughs> Turn on. Intelligence. Turn off. Arrogance. Masturbation. Needed. <laughs> Threesomes. Good luck. Favorite position. <laughs> that's good. That's that fire. She's like, it's mine. Good luck. <laughs> Not happening. I don't share. <laughs> um, uh, anal. Why not? <laughs> if you're with your partner, why not? Just Favorite porn category. I don't have one. You don't watch porn. I don't watch porn. Yeah, it is. it's not for everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Favorite position. It all depends. Um, in love? Yeah. Like in love or like casual sex? There's two different ones? I mean, I don't know what casual sex is. Okay. Favorite position in overall sex? Missionary. Missionary. Just look in yeah. their eyes. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's intimacy. It's about intimacy. That's at Scorpio and Venus. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like intimacy. My Scorpio's and Venus like, too, girl. Yeah. Locking look eyes. Me in the soul. Look me down. Yeah. If you break yes. eye contact, I can't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't look at me? Yeah. It's over. <laughs> um, therapy. Essential. Celebrity crush. Am I weird that I don't have any like celebrity I mean, no. No, it's I've met hard. some people that I really, that I had a crush on and it was a disappointment. Mm. Oh, so I don't have any crushes per se, because I need to know who you are as a person. Do you have any? I'm a sapiosexual. Do you have any crushes right now in real life? Yes. You do? I do. Oh, just one? Yeah. <laughs> You're not a celebrity I have though. a couple. I have a couple, right? And... I'm just seeing how you're going to, you know, this is the Scorpio vibe. You just take it slow and see if you're down for the long <laughs> ride. How has... It takes me a lot to trust people. How has dating been as a single mom? Because you were married. A be- joke. <laughs> you were married before, right? Yes. And how long were you married for? Three years. I'm sure. Were you guys with each other prior to that for a good amount of time as well? Eight years. Eight years and then three years married. Yeah. So, oh, no, not eight years total. Eight years, uh, nine years total. Okay. Three of those were married. That's a long time in your- Very. A very long time. And I feel like, I don't know how old you are, but like in a- Probably, I'm about to be 35 this year. Oh, congratulations. Say loud and Welcome proud. to the 35 Club. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Listen, 35 is a different 35. It is. I mean, because even my relationship, we, I was with my partner for seven years. We got together when I was 22. So he took up all of my 20s pretty much, like from 22 to 30, you know? And so- those are like such integral mo- parts of your life, those twenties, you know. So I was, it's, it's, it shaped me in in ways. And you're naive still, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So coming out of your marriage, like, how, what was, what was that like? I mean, I guess choosing to to not be married anymore. I mean, at least for me, like, there was a definitely like a moment in my relationship where I was extremely happy for a long period of time. And I talk about that too. And even in our book, I say like, there were years in which I was totally happy. I was blissfully like, 
me and my partner, we don't argue. Like everything's perfect. Like he's mean to other people, but never to me. <laughs> I say pay attention how people treat others. I know. Well, you, you know, to. well, it's, it was, I was a dumb bitch. Yeah. Um, just like, oh my God, I'm special. Um, and, he, and charismatic. And he was extremely charismatic and funny. So there were a lot of things that kind of balance those things out, you know? And, uh, you know, we were young too. And, and so was he in ways. So like there will yes. be challenges. And from a very young age, I've always been the same. I, I don't think, you know, I think we evolve our personality traits, but I'm very independent. I'm a learner. I love to learn. And I'm just a force to be reckoned with in everything that I do. That's how my parents raised me. They raised me with a lot of, um, they gave me a lot of confidence. You're going to be great. You're going to do great things. They, they always instilled that in me, especially my dad until I was on the other path and he just disowned me. <laughs> but for <laughs> a good the time, other path. <laughs> for a good reason, right? Because I had to learn, right? So I think people grow apart. And for me, the concept of marriage was very um, important because if I was going to get married, it's for life. Okay. But that, those were not my circumstances. I didn't get married for those reasons. I looked at my daughter and I said, is this the version of Masi that you want your daughter to grow up with? Absolutely not. My daughter is not going to have this idea of me. And it was very hard to do because you don't want to break that dynamic. Mm -hmm. When people get together, you know, their weaknesses and their strengths. It's not like you're weak in this point and I'm strong in this point and now I have to feel a certain way. But you put those strengths together, usually that weakness that you have may be your partner's strengths. Right. And vice versa. That's what you that's So you hope. work together yeah. to grow and that never happened. Mm. So I felt like I kept growing and growing and growing and demanding the best version of myself and just doing that and, and just being, a, I'm, I'm very just open. Like, hey, do you. I'm just going to continue to do me, but let this never stop because I'm never going to stop being mossy. And when I'm silenced, that's when it, it, everything just fell apart mm -hmm. and it was not amicable. And I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that. And it's, it's tough and it's tough to be tough mm. because usually people don't see like, Hey, I'm, I'm a human. I have all these emotions that I can't even share with you right now, but I have to remain strong for my daughter because I had to run and start from scratch and rebuild myself. So from the, from the behind the scenes, my following, my tribe, I call my, 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 my following, my tribe, we have connected for X amount of years, 11 years. And you, you see this person just over sometimes oversharing but oversharing from a point that is going to be helpful mm -hmm. to another person. Mm -hmm. And then it just went cold. There's no sharing. There's no anything. Was you that was that because you chose to do that or you felt like you had to protect your relationship or protect what was going on without influence or, or you being silenced? Was it was he was, was it, did you feel no. like he was like prohibiting you from like just interacting in a way that you generally would have? No. I would say most, you know, we had this conversation off um before you arrived, <laughs> but it's, you see this a lot in the black and, and, and brown communities. Usually when breakups happen, um, there's a lot of, he said, she said, oh, right. and then 
you have to protect the other sides, protect your family. You have a family that's grieving what's happening. You also have a daughter or a child that eventually is going to see this and it's going to impact them. So I just didn't want to speak on something that I was still processing. Mm -hmm. You're unhappy in a relationship. You Relationships, you have to work. And if you're unhappy, let's work on the things that we're unhappy about. And let's put in the hard work. Now, if you don't want to put in that hard work and we are both unhappy, at least I was unhappy, then it's time to break ties and we can do it amicably. But again, breaking ties would mean, what would that mean? That now we're breaking off what we had together, but it was fine by me because I can start from scratch and no problem, right? Um, and I can continue to work with you in that capacity. We were a great team, okay? If if we were a great team, great. We can continue this. All I want is my freedom. Mm. Because I don't want to be in this marriage. This is not working for me. And this is not making me happy. And this is not how I want to raise my daughter, right? But we, I really tried and we tried, right? So eventually when I rebuild everything, I had to learn. I didn't have the time to go on social media and explain these things that were just unfolding so slow and he was so aggressive and emotional and and I just couldn't because that time that I allocated it to the noise I call it noise and I call, and it was very painful that time I was losing time on how am I going to rebuild myself where do I put this energy I had to put it on myself to process how anyone going in like relation it takes two Takes two to make it work. Takes two to mess it up as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in denial. You have to take into account what you put. Your role. You know, and, and, and exactly. Until mm -hmm. you're just like, well, I guess I've been really doing all the right things and this is not working. So I'm out. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It's okay for things not to be permanent. It's okay to outgrow each other and to say, let's go our separate ways. Let's not take this personal and just let's see how can we amicably um, continue our life and continue to raise our daughter and whatnot. But this time, three years is taking me to truly rebuild everything where I've had to go back to school to learn about business management, to learn how I'm going to lead a team, to be a good mentor, to learn areas that I didn't know and, under and understood, but I have this big brain. Mm -hmm. If it's scary, it's because it's unknown. Mm -hmm. If it's scary, because I don't know it. So three years of empowerment, mm. how to run a business, partnerships, how to run partnerships that are symbiotic. They're all partnerships because all of those things, years and years and years of partnerships were all just gone. Contactless, all of it was all gone. And I had to rebuild that and rebuild myself mm. first. Mm -hmm. So I, at some point I said, I, I'm going to quit it all. I don't want to be in, in the, on TV anymore. I don't want to be this person that is sharing her life because I saw it and I saw all the comments. It was crazy. And even to see it from women, right. Like hating on you and like uh, attacking even you from women, uh, the things that people may say, because you never know, you don't have the full story. I cheated. I was the one who left, uh, who, who. It's like crazy allegations. And I'm here, a human being, seeing all of this. Oh, I knew it was not real. I knew this was fake. Oh, look, she had a perfect life. And and what? The I'm a human being. 
You know, you have no idea what I'm going through. And once I remove the anchors, it's been great. Mm. And I wouldn't want to do it any other way. I'm going to teach my daughter how to be independent and how to be an asset. What's the point of staying in a marriage or staying in a relationship when it's not sustainable? So I just didn't want to, I made bad choices, poor choices. I didn't have to get married. Because, I mean, just didn't. Why? Because we were not there yet. And I knew it. We were just not there yet. Did you feel like when you got married, you had that fear? Like you kind of, you kind of knew underlyingly that like, not like it wouldn't work out, but that there was fear attached to oh, it. Yeah. There wasn't like for sure certainty. So there's this mutual contract hmm. that we have that we're going to remain best friends, that we're going to remain best, the best to make decisions for our daughter, for our marriage, for the business that we're trying to grow. And to me, integrity is everything. And when I didn't feel like a moral compass was aligned with mine and there was no integrity, I take the things that I do very serious and I take risks on me. I bet on myself Mm -hmm. because I know that everything that I'm doing is stemming from passion and the education that I've put myself through all this time. And I work very hard. I sometimes, you know, I open my eyes. I'm taking my first vacation in the last seven years, guys. Wow. Yes. Girl. (laughs) Yeah. You work too hard for it to be seven years until you take a break. Well, I'm self-funded for the past 11 years. You know, I was able to, um, I don't know, I, I like to do things my way. And I've had opportunities to scale my company and scale it from like all these investors and whatnot, but there's absolutely no way that I'm going to do that because I'm going to lose my voice. And then I'm just going to become a cookie cutting version of everything that is out there instead of providing and and keeping my voice completely just clean for the consumer. Right. The right partner will come. The right investors will come one day, but I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. I had to rebuild eight years of a name in the industry. Eight years of doing things in a certain way at the craziest time was mm-hmm. a pandemic when I had to do it all. Mm. Right. So there was a lot of me putting my, my head down to work and not only to work, to make sure that everything was at a point where I felt safe. I needed to buy a home for my daughter. I was able to do that. I love what I do. We have a community like my, my tribe, my MA warrior community is a community. Just like you guys have your audience and we help each other with our stories and that's it. I have battered women on my, on my, like from nurses to the military, to battered women, to, to great professionals. I mean, there's, it's a rainbow of women and we're a community where we help each other. So that to me is very important. And I'm a big feminist. I'm all here for female empowerment. <laughs> I, I think it's important to hear stories from women like you or just, you know, like all types of women, because I think, I think people have a perception. Now you're disciplined, you're strong, you have this amazing self-funded life and business, and you've built this amazing tribe and this community and, you know, brand. And, you know, even those women get in situations and in relationships and, and, you know, they look up and you're like, huh, 
I know I'm smart, but this is getting tricky. Or like, even I have gotten into a relationship that's fucked up. Even I have ignored red flags. Even me, myself, who's done this and that and this, my intuition came in and I, I, I sided with the fact that I have a daughter and I want to build a family and this is what it would look like. And this is what the found, you know, and like, it's like you have, you you have the wherewithal to understand when you're making a decision that's like mm, maybe this is not the right decision, but you have hopes of having a you know a partner that's going to remain you know respectful and amb- and amicable, amicable, amb- you know, am- amicable, amicable, and you know, and even you have made mistakes and and not mistakes because obviously it's always for the better, it's always for the greater pick, like the lesson, you know. Mistakes are necessary. So necessary. I mean, mistakes teach you. That's experience. Good moms, bad choices, baby. Think about this. This my first time being married. My first time being a mom. Mm-hmm. Who's telling you that you have to have a manual? It's your first time. So can we stop judging each other for our choices? We're gonna make that's life. Good choices, bad choices. How we steer and learn from these choices. I had to. So no vacation for seven years. Guess what? If I wanted to continue to be self-funded and have a voice in my brand, I needed to put my head down because I was managing a lot of things, managing divorce, managing uh, daughter, managing business, managing the front, the, the, the persona in the front of managing, managing a lot. And, you have to put your head down. All the while, someone's telling you, you know, if you if, if we're not together, look at your look at your desperate friends looking for men. You're going to be just like them. I've I've heard that line very many times. That's why I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, like just planting seeds of self doubt and planting seeds of yes. of of you can't do this without me, even though you know that you can, even though you've built this prior to this relationship, even though the brand is you. It's just like. It's those like when you tr- when you let somebody in and you trust them and you kind of feel safe with them and you let them in on secrets and, and on businesses and on opportunities and partnerships, you give someone not to say never to trust anyone, you know, but the opportunity to fuck with you from the inside out, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like you feel so close with someone and then you ex- have this expectation because that's how you would be and that's how you would show up in a relationship. But then you see that like everybody's not great. And that's why therapy is important mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence. That was extremely important. Two years of therapy to try to process everything and we'll try, try to, to process. Re- like, I'm blaming myself. I'm like, wait a second. I am too smart for this. When did this happen? Well, what? how? Well, I think even, how? I think how? I think because, especially because of the brand you have and the message that you have and the honesty and all these things you have, you, you judge yourself even more. Yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm supposed to I'm know not this. supposed to do this shit. Yeah. How the fuck did you get me? other women not to to like to empower themselves to feel strong in their bodies to feel strong in their minds. Meanwhile, I'm feeling weak low, in mind, slowly and, being and not even realizing because it's like little cuts. Mm-hmm. It's like we t- we we interviewed um Megan, Megan. Doherty, who she's uh, and we talk about her in our book as well, and she is a narcissist expert, and she talks about how a lot of times narcissists, it's like little paper cuts mm-hmm. until suddenly you're bleeding everywhere, you didn't mm-hmm. even realize it, and you know I think a lot of women can relate to that because sometimes it's not so black and white. It's not like oh he hit me, I'm out, or like yeah, oh, narcissistic, or like he called me a bitch, like he called me a bitch like ten times, I shouldn't be here anymore. No, sometimes it's just the little tiny things that they just start. T- tapping away at your power but think about this how much power it takes to say okay i'm out you did that but and i'm out and it's over yeah. cut and, and guess what i'm doing better better and better, better. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the fear. If you think about this, living so unhappy in a situation where you have it, we all have this gut feeling of things that are not aligning with our energy. Mm. So are you you're going to say that you're going to stay in this for the rest of your life or going through that pain? Change is overwhelming. But if we want a different outcome, we're going to have to pivot. Right. And another nail popped off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but um, she heard the message. She said, "It's very important, you know." And and to me, I was just judging myself. Like, how? Like, you knew this. You literally knew this, right. and here you are. Right. Just because you don't like to be in Zoom calls and manage people, like, <laughs> really get your act together, get out, and this is what you're going to teach your daughter. Hopefully, Indira, who is a very intelligent child. My goal is to make a better version of myself right? in her, whatever she wants to be. Mm-hmm. So I've made this commitment to be a mom and it's the best thing ever. And some it comes with its challenges, right? But that's my little best friend. Mm-hmm. So I now I need to not only do it for the people who follow me, but do it for her, do it for my family, do it for myself, mm-hmm. right? I had to prove myself. You know, you get to the point where you've accomplished so much. And now you're complacent. Okay, what's the next level? That was the next level. Mm-hmm. Look for your happiness. Let's go. And the amount of learning and the empowering, the empowerment that I have right now, it's, it's to another level. Mm. Being able, this is why like, I constantly tell women, put your energy, look, that energy that you have, we're all heartbroken. Being broken up, lied to, belittled, all of that is awful and you're going to feel it. You're going to start blaming yourself. You're going to start. It's, it's tough, but that energy, you can put it towards the other person. This is happening to me and whatever. Take that freaking energy and ch- channel it. Transmute. Channel it to the point that what you're feeling, those big emotions, it's to actually get you to the other side. Oh, you feel like this is going to break me? Watch me. Watch me. Let me shut the noise. Do whatever you want to do. I'm going to focus on X, Y, Z. And that's what I did strategically. What do I need to do in order to continue to learn and in order to continue to be the best at what I do? Period. Because at the end of the day, yes, I have a business, but people buy my business because it's symbiotic. You're getting something um, out of my services and it's symbiotic. You're winning. I'm winning. Mm-hmm. I always believe like ignorance is bliss, but education is power. So many women came out saying, I'm dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Women that are colleagues of mine whose they have been stripped down to zero on food stamps. If it wasn't for therapy, for the family circle that I have, I don't know if I would have been afloat because it took it emotionally. For three years, it was an emotional breakdown. And you have to process those things and to have to see your daughter going through all of that and you're going through it and still hold it down to be a good mom when your heart is breaking, Mm. when your head is breaking, Mm. right? When you're just so afraid and and, and, and everything is coming at you, that's pretty tough. But... Learning how to go from the other side, my faith, right? 
Faith had a lot to do with that. My circle had a lot to do with that. Therapy had a lot to do with me processing and coming out the other side stronger. But I'm telling you, it is it is hard. It is a lot of putting your head down, your desires as a person, right? As a woman that you have desires. Imagine if if it came to a, a breakup, you were already checked out. Right. And you're still a female. You're still a woman. You still have this concept that you're chasing of what does this family dynamic look like? Mm. I want a happy story for my daughter and I. Mm -hmm. How can I create this environment where it, it will not look like that anymore? But let's do something that looks like, for us, it looks like a family, right? And it is tough. And the crying that I've, I think I aged <laughs> the past three years. No, seriously. The amount of crying, frustration, sleepless nights, burnouts, trying to help. People have no idea what I've gone through. And they would never see it, literally. Because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing through. Right. And they're going to know, you know, once I decide to write all these strategies, right? They're going to know. But it's this is how we get to the other side by community, by talking. We have to, we have to, this has been like a savior for us being able to like show up honestly and like in friendship and just like the sister circles that we've been in to like, bitch, I'm hurting, you yes. know, like, bitch, I'm hurting. I don't know, who, you know, and so, and like, but the strength and, in, in, in the strength and power in the conversation and sisterhood and saying, I got you and Sister. saying, girl, me too. Like, you're not the only person this happened to. Like that shit is so powerful. And, and truly it's like when these things happen, especially as moms, you know, especially as moms of daughters, it's like daughters heal. And like, when you look at a child in the face, especially as a woman to a small woman and you're like, there's no way in fucking hell I'm going to let you see me stay miserable at the hand of somebody else even if it is your daddy <laughs> you know because that's going to be her story Th that will be mm -hmm. her story and will, absolutely not no and you will inherit this half-assed version of me because i've i've subjected you to my energy and we're connected no matter what but if you transmute that energy even if it's a, apart from that dad that power in in innately inherits to your child it's like, oh, I see my mom move, move a bunch of shit around. I see my mom bounce. I see my mom break and build it back Rebuild up, up. Mm -hmm. multiple times, however many times. And for women listening to this and who can relate or are still in a relationship that no longer serves you or at the very end of that relationship and right now you're like, oh shit, this is me. There is nothing stronger than picking up the pieces and doing that shit again. Because the version of yourself that you see after that is the best version you'll ever see, and it will it will it will take a, a a it will take a fucking ton to get you in the same spot in the same way. Like you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, like the the person I am coming out of my relationship with my child's father is a hundred million times stronger than I was prior to that because now I know nobody can break me. Yes. Nobody can break me. Like when you're in those in the trenches and you're crying and you're you're at the bare minimum of yourself, you don't see or feel yourself anymore. And then you start to rediscover that part, those parts of you that you had lost. There's no it's so hard for a motherfucker to come in and take that away from you again. Mm -hmm. And you're that much more powerful. And and like and like I said, I've said this before, I say this in the book, is like once you choose you. 
Once you choose your happiness, despite whoever told you it's not important, somebody's going to tell you that your happiness is not important. Probably the person benefiting from your unhappiness. Mm -hmm. But when you start to reclaim those pieces of you slowly and surely, the gravitation of all the things you want is so fucking powerful. Like women, for lack of better words, were alchemists. And when you choose you, you choose automatically everything else that benefits you. And it comes, it starts to come to you without much effort, but you have to let go of the shit that no longer serves you. Even if it's the person you thought was closest to you. Mm -hmm. Period. And this is how you pretty much how you learn. I feel like I went to the school of life. I've had not a lot of relationships. So my relationships are long. (laughs) You're one of those. I'm one of those. I believe in tradition. I believe in traditional values, right? And now I exactly know exactly what I want. And I can see it a mile away. I I see it a mile away. And this is why, like earlier, you asked me if I had a celebrity crush and whatnot. And it is so funny because you're here in LA in the little pocket. Everybody knows everybody. And, you know, they have this idea of you. And I've been set up in so many different dates and with people. and, And I'm just like, wow. You have these accolades, you have all this money, you have all this fame, and you have all this, but you have nothing. Mm. No (laughs) substance. Nothing. And now I can just say, I know exactly what I want, what I would accept, and- No, thank you. I have a personal, like you have to, when you see yourself in patterns, and I saw myself in a pattern, saving people. Mm -hmm. And now I I understood, hey, you're deserving of someone who's matching your values, your moral compass, who you are as a person. If that doesn't match who you are, it's not sustainable. Because at some point, I understood. I don't care how. I have no type. My type is, (laughs) I'm a sappy sexual. (laughs) I like intelligence. That's what Mm -hmm. brings me to the next person, you know, or, or, or allures me to someone. If you can teach me something, if we can grow together, if you, yeah. But now it's just like, now I know. I know what I want when I see it, how it's packaged, how it's presented, that it's about actions and not words. You can tell me anything. Okay, I'm just here listening. Okay. Let me see how those words are going to translate into actions, what you do, the little things that you do every day, right? How you treat others, how's your relationship with your significant others, meaning your family, your siblings, your friends, how you talk about people, mm-hmm. right? How you treat other people. How you treat yourself. How- yourself and even your parents because i want a family to me that's the ultimate goal and family can look very different right to me my family right now it's indy and i that's our family but if i ever indira has yet to meet someone she doesn't know anyone but her father Mm -hmm. that's it the day that she ever meets someone is because that's the one right and i want it just that way because she needs to understand, like, if someone doesn't treat you well, you wait up until the person that is going to treat you well. Because I'm, I'm making myself an asset. And especially now, you have to have two breadwinners. Like, both men and women, that's, that's it. If, if you are both an asset to each other, you're not leaving that. Because you're growing together. You're an asset. You're not looking at your partner and saying, like, where all of this lack. When the balance is uneven mm-hmm. is when you start becoming unhappy. Right. So to me, 
I wanted to go through those experiences. Not that I wanted, but going through them. Now you <laughs> know. Phrase. Now you I am lucky. To. You needed to. I need, yeah, I yeah. needed to. I mean, I have no experience. Literally. People that know me, I grew up in a household where I went to Catholic school. My, my, my skirts down to here. I had to, yeah, that was my mom growing up. No, you can't shave your legs until you're like 16 or whatnot. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. That's how I grew up. So it's very limited in the experience that I have. But now, you know, I've been out. Do you think you're going to adopt your mom's way of like raising your daughter, like as strict as Catholic school, as like, as, as traditional as you were raised? No, I'm raising my daughter completely the opposite. Mm. My daughter and I are like best friends. She has a voice. I respect her. Mm. Whereas right? in your house, it's like, I'm the adult. And this, this, Correct. that last, last say. How, how does that work? Right. She's an individual. Right. She's literally a little individual with her own mind and she has her personality. Do you think some of that, do you think being raised that way? I mean, and granted, we're all raised, our parents are raised the way they were raised and we're like the first generation that's like, huh, I might be able to change this. Some, some things need to shift. Like we're so, we have so much like uh, information about just, there's so much awareness that our parents maybe didn't have. But do you think that in ways that like that heavy traditional, you know, right, like upbringing played a part in trying to make your marriage work for so long? Possibly. Like sticking to the rules and the way that in which you thought you were supposed to show up as a wife and as a woman for the family? If I would have listened to my mom, I would have never gotten into that. <laughs> so I should have listened. Oh, your mom told you I don't. did everything. Your mom told you the don't. opposite. Okay. Your mom said I don't did do everything okay. the opposite. Well, because mom you know, must be knowing. But- Hey, you go to school, then you graduate, then you meet Prince, then you meet this. That's how she wanted me to do it, yeah. right? And then I went against the grain. And that was just not, it just didn't work for me. She told you to marry him or she told you do not? Uh, She didn't want that path. I moved in before Marriage. I, exactly, like all of that. You know, uh, have, And she, want, she would have preferred you. Very traditional. Okay. And to that point, I will raise Indy in a traditional way. Right. That she knows how valuable she is as a female, mm. you know, and the way that I'm raising her is to be just academically, just and, and emotionally, just, just bigger. She needs to think, well, not that she needs to, but I'm teaching her about emotional intelligence. My daughter is like heavily in tune with emotions. She'll sit there and she is the most well-behaved child She'll have a full conversation with you. She's just, I saw I'm this, raising her to have I saw this beautiful clip of you guys and it like kind of brought me to tears. It was like you were in the bathroom and she, I guess she got it. You were doing her hair and she got emotional because she didn't want to leave you. I don't know if it was like mm -hmm. a parent, co-parent drop off situation because yeah. I've experienced that too with my daughter early on where, you know, she's just so used to being with me and, um, you know, that exchange would sometimes be a bit traumatizing for her in ways and traumatizing for me too. And her vocalizing, like, I don't want to go, you know? And then, you know, him being like, well, you're coming, you know? And it's just like, Oh my God, this is so fucking, I never thought we'd be here. Mm -hmm. um, but I just thought it was so beautiful how you were able to support her and how she was able to kind of affirm you as well too. I know she said, you're like, tell me what I can do, you know, better for you as your mother. And she said, you're already amazing. Yeah, And I was like, like literally I'm going to get teary eyed yeah. thinking about it right now with such a beautiful moment that like such a young little human is able to vocalize that. And I think there's a lot of 
the, there's a lot of children that that can, but it's about asking those questions too mm-hmm. as a mother and saying, how can I support you better? I don't, I don't have it all figured out. Like guide me in ways. And yeah. I think as parents and as mothers, sometimes we think that we have to have it all figured out. We don't want to ask our children those questions because at some point it, it, it somehow makes us feel or maybe makes us feel like they're going to think we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Because we don't. Yeah, we don't. It's like, think about this. Like for the moms that are listening to us, it's your first time. Yeah. I always say I am seven year. I'm a seven year old mom. I'm an eight year old mom now. I'm an eight year old mom. I only know as much as I know. And you're just learning as it goes. But one of the things that I honestly, I've, to me, I love people. I love learning about people. I love talking to people. I love connecting. This is why I love my job. There's nothing that I would see myself doing. I just love it. I am so passionate. I wake up every single day. Like, yay. Now when it's stressful, you know, sometimes it can get stressful, but <laughs> I love what I do. And one of the things that I really, really did not want to end up doing, our parents didn't have the tools that we have right now. Millennials really killed it. You know, we really did something. But the, they didn't have the tools to build emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling all the moms out there, whether your child is one years old or eight, learn how they're developing in their minds. Developmentally, you have a frontal lobe that gets mature, right? At the age of 25. This is why children and young people, we act, well, we passed the 25, but, <laughs> um, but they act so erratic, right? Because this is not fully developed. So in order to save yourself some frustration, why is your kid, why you're telling your kid 10,000 times to pick that up and they do it every day, right? And you're just repeating the cycle, learn how they're developing mentally. That way you're learning like, oh, I have to tell her a thousand times because this part of the brain is not developed. Oh, she tells me that she's forgetting and now she forgot because of this. Oh, they're not able to understand time or this or that. Oh, so it saved me so much stress. Not getting from like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay, good. And I just treat my daughter with, you know, there's this uh, industry versus infer- inferiority. Oh, Jesus. Inferiority. inferiority. There you go. Take it away. <laughs> industry versus inferiority. <laughs> That'll blow up. Okay. You know. So, is. yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, your children from age to six, from s- six to 12, I believe, six to 12. They are looking, they're, they're forming their identity. Mm. And even you can see when your kid is doing something that they knew they were not supposed to do, they're looking at you for a reaction. All she gets from me is a neutral reaction, <laughs> just neutral. Even though I've, I've lost it a couple of times, right. like, oh my God, right? But it's neutral. And Indira shares with me everything, everything, mm. everything. Hopefully that extends up until she's an adult, because I'm going to teach her. Yeah. In school. And I, we're going to teach you how to be book smart. Let me teach you how to be street smart. Yeah. How to deal with humans, how to understand other humans, Mm -hmm. because you're going to have to interact with humans all day with people that do not know who you are, have your upbringing, like different things that you do, have different morals and values and and just completely different. And you have to let people be who they are and not take things personal. Yeah. And be 
you know, she's a little Pisces, water baby. Oh, she's sensitive. Right? So that's super important. Highly emotional. And that's, I feel like she has a superpower. She's going to be, she's probably going to be, I don't know, in the art, something artistic and creative and or something about people, something related to people and humans. But I highly suggest all the moms listening to me right now, please get yourself some books. There's plenty out there. Maybe we should create a list, right, for the readers, but for your child's development, even when they're teenagers. I know that that's going to be people call it like, oh, my God, it's so hard. And oh, my God, like the kids, I have to like drink my wine because the kids are acting up. You should meet Indy. Indy is just. And you do that through behavioral change. Well, I think if you, investing, it's like twofold. Like you got to invest. We were talking earlier about investing in yourself and your mental health and your wealth and, and your mind and your body. And it's like you've also decided to bring this life earth side. You have to also invest in, you've chosen to be a parent, invest in understanding how you can also make them the best version of themselves so that they're not having to do all this rebuilding in their late twenties and thirties and going to therapy. I mean, granted, maybe therapy is good for even the most, you know, well-adjusted child or person, but hopefully the goal is to make our children better than us. Right. And to like mm-hmm. really do the work to figure that what that is to know that these are our souls coming through us that are not exactly like us. So we're not going to be able to parent them the ways that we thought we needed to be parent that we didn't mm-hmm. get. I it's mean, just- even then we're only parented as much. We, we, the only example of parenting is what we got. And then it takes for us to get old enough and mature enough to evaluate that parenting and say, what well, did that really work for me? Were, were those the ways in which I thrived or what did that hurt me in ways that was that traumatic for me because I didn't receive this emotional patience or all, all these things that like I wish I could have had. And it's like it's difficult because like we said, there's no guidebook, but also the only example is what you got. And then you'll find yourself in motherhood doing things that mimic mimic your parents that you don't even agree with and you have to catch yourself. And it's like mm-hmm. mothering yourself as an adult in ways you maybe weren't mothered growing up is is like one thing. And then also mothering an actual child at the same time is a hell of a job, but it's necessary in order to like mothering yourself in order to show up in a way that's supportive, in a way that's patient, in a way that is, you know, when you're running a business and, and relationships and all these other things that you still have the juice to give to your child to not be like, I'm, I'm done for the day. You know, it's like, no, actually this is the most important fucking job you have. And so the more tools you have, it gives you the opportunity to kind of like find new ways to parent and realize it doesn't have to look exactly like the way you were parented. Well, and also the circumstances are different too. I mean, like you came from a, I think a two parent household, right? Mm-hmm. And who's your, your the, the bond is strong, and now you're raising. My parents were divorced. Oh, weren't divorced? Uh, but you, yeah, three years old, they divorced. But but, but you had married. a. Mm-hmm. But but I but thinking like about your you're a single parent like you have your daughter it's just you two in the house her needs are might be different than the needs that you have and sometimes you don't even know what because this is all you know you have to educate yourself like you do need to read a book you do need to listen to a podcast you do need to tap in with you know and, and get different perspectives because what works for you might not work for Indy. You know, and like you might see it start to play out like and any mother might see it just play out like, oh, well, this really worked for me. But for some reason, it's not it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. How do I need to shift? Mm-hmm. How do I need to adjust? Like as even my daughter, she's a rule follower. I'm not really like there's elements of me that are for sure. But there's things about her. I'm like, are you my daughter? Like, what the fuck is this? You know, and I have mm-hmm. to honor that part of her and not try to sh- force her to be like, well, this is easier for me. 
Yeah. It's easier for me if you just like get on board with this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, this is not, this is not her human design. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go against that or I could. And then what the fuck's going to happen there? You know, it's usually funny when I see like memes on Instagram about like when kids talk too much, especially around this age and like the parents like, oh, right. But I actually have conversations with Indy and she's super dope. She tells me about her day. I can find out even when she's insecure about certain things. I can find out anything through just her talking. And it's a vibe, just hearing her. And I did this at school and that and that and that. But in in having these conversations with her, I know what she needs to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know? After 3 p.m., my day is done. Like, that's it. My phone goes like this. I wake up really early. So these are the sacrifices. Like, I wake up 5, 5.45. From 5 to 5.45, that's it. But then my day, I start the day early. But my day ends when I pick her up from school. So you can be. I in. think in the three years that she's been in school now, probably I have missed maybe two or three picking her up and dropping her off. Mm. And it's usually either my brother or like I don't have an aunt. I don't have a nanny. I don't have. I do all of it. Mm-hmm. Right. She, my nanny is the school. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And it's important to me. So these are sacrifices that I now I have to like, OK, I have to pivot. If I can be an absent mother, I can be a workaholic and be absent because we know what that does. And I'm saying, like, it's not what I'm going to be doing most of the time. I'm going to miss some dates. That's a given. I am going to have to work late some days. But most of the time, she's going to remember a mom that went to pick her up, dropped her off. Whatever sacrifices I needed to make, I'll make them. I'll start waking up earlier. Um, I'll put my phone down and then that's it. There's some days that I have to tell her like, Hey, mommy has to work, you know, and it's going to go over, but we have a routine. We have built a routine. It's just like, I'm, I've become pretty much a robot, <laughs> but I can control those things because I have a sustainable approach to a schedule and hopefully should be on vacation soon. You will be on vacation soon. I, yeah. I command it. How are you going to fit dating into your schedule? Like, how does dating fit into, you know, this well, well-oiled oiled machine? I co-parent. Mm. So 50% of the time, I, I I have Indira, and 50% of the time, she goes with her dad, okay. right? We don't know if that's going to change, but managing dating, I like very busy people. Because mm. you're busy. Exactly. So managing dating, I have enough. I have, like whole week to myself to do that do you feel like um it's something that you want to do right now or are, are you feeling like i would like companionship i wouldn't mind someone courting me or are you just like i'm still like knee deep and getting my life where i needed to be after this no I, I got my life where i needed to be so you're you're open to companionship yeah to i'm love. open to the right type of companionship yeah, not just anybody you know? yeah because i do have a daughter and anyone knows like my daughter comes first yeah comes first then you you know, like I come first, then my daughter comes first, you know, and we're a duo. And then if you're okay with that, then great. So I've been open to dating people that do not want children. Because you don't want any more. Because it would, um, I'm open to people that have children and people that do not have children. I like more mature more mature minds exactly so 
Um, I don't see myself like jumping in and saying like, oh my God, it was true love. We're going to get married and have, no, if that happens, great. I'm open to marriage. Traditional marriage, it can work, Mm -hmm. you know, but for the right person, Mm -hmm. the person that is going to let me be who I am because I let you be who you are. Let me be who I am and we're something together, but there has to be a certain level of respect. And my daughter, like, again, my stepdad, my step, I couldn't tell you, he's my dad. Mm -hmm. That's both of them raised me, my biological dad and my, my stepdad. And that's doable. I know something out there or someone out there exists that is going to blend this family idea that I have in my head. And if it doesn't happen, I'm great. There's, there are perks of being single. Oh girl. And there are perks in being, you know how dope it is to be able to be completely independent, that you don't need anything from anyone and you just get to pick whatever it is that you want. You don't have to right? Worry. Yeah. There's no feel, there's no one's feelings or you don't have to consider shit. No, seriously. You don't have to consider anything. And that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thinking of that and just knowing who the fuck you are, I want to get to a part of our show where we have our guests share an affirmation. So do you have an affirmation that you can share? I think I already said it. Did you say it? Change is overwhelming. Change is overwhelming. But it is inevitable if we want a different outcome. Change Change is overwhelming, but it is inevitable if we want a different outcome. That is a fact, 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 fact. I think change is going to be hard, but once you embrace it, that's it. Unlock it. Shift happens. You can't be scared. You can't be scared. You know yourself what you need to do to get to the other side. Just get it done. Break it down. I think like it's like you can't you you if change was easy we all, I mean you always hear this if change was easy everyone would be doing it. Yeah. But it's a fact. It's really just that simple. It's really Are you going to live in misery? And even if you are scared, you have to kind of say fuck the fear and just do it yes. anyway. Because what would be worse is you waking up five, ten years from now and you're still in the same fucking loop. And now you're like even doubting yourself even more. The fear is even built even more because you've got strayed so far away from that person. And now this is like a big mountain and you're like, wait a second, how am I even going to climb this? Mm -hmm. But what I say is usually, I don't know if it happens to you guys that when you have a lot and you're like, wait a second, how am I going to accomplish this? Break it down. Life is not a race. It's a marathon. So in your head, you had to do this yesterday and you're thinking like, well, I want to start this and it's going to take me this, this. Why don't you start by starting? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you're breaking it down. Right. Step by step. Once you accomplish one thing, it's less overwhelming, less scary because you already faced your fears. Like you are afraid because you don't know the outcome. So stop. Obviously, you want to make decisions that are. Obviously, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket and just throw myself out of a cliff. No, (laughs) you're making safe decisions. You know what you're capable of. So you're going to take risks based on what you believe you're capable of, which is it's very important what you tell yourself every single day. Mm. I never wanted to make myself a victim. I said, I'm not going to go and speak about any, like, no, I am not a victim. If I say, well, and this happened to me and this person and that, you're going to start believing that. The right. body keeps a score. What you tell your thoughts physiologically change your body. 
So embrace it. Oh, you got to. <laughs> Is it tarot time, my love? I think it's tarot time. Um, we pulled, Massey pulled the Wheel of Fortune, which we haven't, I don't know if we've pulled this recently or this year. And the Wheel, the wheel of Fortune means good luck, karma, life cycles, destiny, and a turning point. Um, hmm. The Wheel of Fortune reminds you that the wheel is always turning and life is in a state of constant change. <laughs> if you're going through a difficult time, rest assured that it will get better from here. Good luck and good fortune will make their t- return in time. Similarly, if things are going well, know this too. Know this too will change and life might return to normal soon. This cycle shows why it is so important to cherish the blissful moments in your life and make the most of them while they are within reach, because in a flash they could be gone. The Wheel of Fortune is also known as the Wheel of Karma and reminds you that what goes around comes around. Be a kind and loving person to others and they'll be kind and loving to you. Be nasty and mean and you will get nasty and mean turning back your way. So if you want happiness and abundance, make sure you're sending out the positive juju and kind. What you send out in the universe will come back your way. The Wheel of Fortune card asks you to be optimistic and have faith that the universe will take care of your situation in the best way possible. Meditation and visualization can reinforce your intention to bring increased abundance, good fortune, and prosperity to you. Your life is about to turn in more positive directions if you are willing to grow and expand. Keep your mind open to all kinds of synchronicities and signs from the universe. The magic of fate and destiny is behind you and miracles are happening. Hmm. You know what? I think we need to start pulling the card on camera because people are going to think that we just like pull this card and just make the shit up. I was thinking that too because no. it always goes with the episode. Always. There's really? Literally every, every time. <laughs> every time. You know, I believe in in, in like energy. And Me I believe too. I believe like we're nothing is... You said it, like, look at the little things that the universe is throwing at you all the time. Like, literally, like, no matter what you believe, no matter what religion or non-religion or whatever higher power or you don't believe in it at all, like, when you, it's again, like, when you start choosing yourself, the synchronicities and like the signs will be so clear. And like, that's happened a lot in our relationship. Like, when we, when we chose this, thing that we chose that we didn't know we were choosing it was just like very clear that even if it was scary we should keep going even if people were like that's crazy we should keep going and um i think people underestimate the the signs you know and sometimes it's a stranger like telling you something on the street sometimes you're watching tv and it like just affirms something you just told your best friend or you thought you had a thought and then someone says like yo i was thinking about this and it's an alignment but usually like spirit will send you signs and opportunities and you'll be like, Oh shit. Thanks. You know, like, and and, and it's so true. And even if you're in a position right now where you're struggling to choose yourself or struggling to choose your happiness, like, and you're listening to this, this is no coincidence, you know, or you're watching this. Like if you're hearing this message at a time in your life where you actually absolutely needed this message, it's not by coincidence that you came and chose this episode and heard this story and this Testament. And, you know, don't underestimate the signs that God or spirit gives to you because a lot of times it's just the, the sway in which sometimes you need a little kick in the ass and you know a little like you know a little affirmation that it's this is the direction you're supposed to go in and this is how you're supposed to choose yourself and 
I, I'm a sign taking bitch. I'm like, oh my God, did you hear that? A blade, a, something broke. Mm-hmm. It's true. Whatever we're talking mm-hmm. about is, it resonates, you know? Like, oh, it's 11-11. Like, at this very moment, we're talking about this very important thing or this idea or, you know, this just this, whatever the fuck it is, you know, you see an animal emerge. What's a grasshopper mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is me, you know? But, and some people think that's crazy. And for some people it is, but you'd be surprised that when you ask spirit, Give me a sign. That shit will show up if you're paying attention. And even if you're in a relationship that feels like maybe it's not where you're supposed to be, literally that prayer is like, God, if this is not for me, make it so bad that I can't deny it. Show me. You know, like when you say that prayer, literally within days, (laughs) you will be shown. And I'm not fucking kidding. It's like this, the most powerful prayer. Like if this no longer serves me, God, show me that it no longer serves me in a way that I can't deny it. That last part is really the part you need in a way that I can't deny it because bitches will be in denial for some dick and some love and some fairy tale that may not be your fairy tale. And you might be actually missing out on the fairy tale that you actually deserve because you're so busy trying to make some shit work that doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people always ask, how do you honor your intuition? How do you honor yourself? And like, sometimes it just takes a little prayer. Because if you're feeling indifferent, you know, there's already a, a plant seeded that says, maybe this ain't it. So if you just need that one little extra umph, that will do it. <laughs> and there's a level of consciousness also that you're acquiring by saying, okay, let's say if I'm unhappy and I want to be in an environment where I feel supported, start surrounding yourself with the energy that is going to be supportive. So you're starting, you're going to start to walk in those thoughts. You're not going to steer towards the energy that makes you feel X, Y, and Z. You're going to go the other way. And and, right? some, and sometimes that energy, which is can be confusing for people, is sometimes the energy, the energy of not being supported is from people you've known the longest. Yes. And you have to start to recognize even that. Like, damn, you're my best friend. I've known for my whole life. But this doesn't really feel supportive. This doesn't feel good to me anymore. You don't really love and accept me for all that I am. It's difficult for you to do that. But maybe this person I just met this week is all for it, you know? And like, you will start to feel, when you start to be like, read the energy and how people, like when you leave people, how you actually feel, if you feel energized, if you feel like motivated or if you feel like, damn, depleted depleted or down about yourself or questioning who you are or what you're doing. That's enough for you to know that does, that energy doesn't resonate. Period. And and sometimes it's motherfuckers you know in your whole life. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's your lover. But start paying attention to how you feel, you know, when you leave, you know, a conversation or um the presence of someone and taking note and just gravitating towards what makes you feel good. And sometimes it's just you until you find that friend. Or sometimes you don't even know that you're the problem. Mm. And you have to analyze yourself. Sometimes you can be in your own thoughts and have this construct in your mind that, no, this is right. And you may be the one who's at wrong. You may be wrong. No. Like, and, and there's, that's the saddest thing to go through. Like the truth is going to set you free, but it's going to either make you really sad or piss you off to begin with. You're like, yeah, maybe I'm judging myself because I'm judging everybody else. And that's why I can't get from point A to point exactly. B. And, you know, and sometimes it requires that you reflect and, and, and really examine, like, am I the fucking problem? Am I the toxic person? Am I holding myself back with these, you know, limiting beliefs about myself? Am I beating myself up all the time? It's like, it really requires for you to like be silent and go within and, and kind of reflect on your thoughts and the things that you tell yourself. And once you start to do that, it kind of becomes 
your voice gets louder and you start to realize like, why are you talking about that yourself that way? Why are these the negative thoughts that you're having? And you kind of have to beat yourself back up. Like, bitch, I'm the shit. Even if you're talking to yourself, yeah, you know, and like you're powerful and, and, and you're worthy and you're, you're worth it. And like, you got to really, really, really practice conditioning yourself to love yourself. And living authentically yourself, knowing that you are, a human that is perfectly imperfect, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to hurt people, but you can change that, right? If you hurt someone, you can change that, right? If someone hurts you, you can learn from that and you can change that other person too by how you come across. Like to me, I know I'm not a perfect human. Like no one, it's going to ever look at me. It may look like what I do. Oh, she's perfect. What, what she does. But at the end of the day, I've hurt people. I've disappointed people. I've disappointed myself. I'm a human. I'm doing things for the first time. And whether if I'm doing, if I'm failing, I'm not going to beat myself up. I know that I am going to continue to try because it's for the first time. Just like you would do your daughter, you know, you don't beat yeah. them up when they fail or when they don't get first place or whatever. You're constantly gently teaching them to be better with themselves. And sometimes the same, the same way you would love on your child or your niece or your nephew, you have to apply that same level of gentleness and care to yourself. It's like, it's okay, girl. Like we fuck up. It's okay. You made that mistake. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You did this thing. Now we're learning from it. And what's next? Now, if it's a behavior that continues <laughs> without any learning, that's a different, you know, path but i believe you know we should give people the same benefit of the doubt that we we would like i always say i like to treat others the way that i would like to treat myself and even though i sometimes fail right because i'm human i am often checking myself okay checking myself how am i doing as a mom that's why i ask indy how do you think i'm doing mm -hmm. On that video, mm -hmm. what do you think I'm doing? Am I doing a good job? Am I doing, hey, or to my mom, like, hey, how do you think I'm doing as a, as, as a friend or a, as a daughter, right? The biggest, the biggest awakenings for me have been coming from family that has taught me like, hey, you, something is wrong. What's going on? And I think you're doing X, Y, Z, and that's not cool. And I've had to check myself. Because at the end of the day, I have to be kind, more kind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, I remember a year after just going through divorce and whatnot, I was mad. Mm. I would not let anyone in. And it wasn't up until someone that I work with um, that where guys were commenting um, on the video that I was working out with. That person told me, you know how many guys come up to me mossy like they want to take you out they want to oh my god it's like left and right when you leave it's just <laughs> but they would never because you look unapproachable mm. and mind you i had to tell him but i want to be unapproachable <laughs> at that time and i and i you know now my energy is more it's lighter it's more receptive now things just change because i've processed all those things well you're aware you're like i don't i couldn't get into any relationship without it not being healthy right it was going to come with some level of distrust or some level part of me that was not going to let that relationship be healed. Therefore, if you're going through a breakup, allow yourself the time to heal. That way, the next relationship that you're in, you're not bouncing and bringing in all of those 
traits that you have to heal or all the things the that you energy. have to heal. Yeah. And that's what I find that people just date and continue to date around and, and they're all bringing each other's dramas and not uh, traumas and not really processing. So you can tell when someone is completely or I mean, at least not at a hundred percent healed, but when they're ready, it's a different kind of energy. Right. Right. Because what I want now is just, I want no drama. I just want peace, quiet, happiness. Not that it's always going to be looking that way at every point, but I know exactly what I want. Like, I want no drama. And you want to be able to exist just as you fucking are because this is who you are and to be loved for who you are, as we all do. And I think that's the thing is like we're so busy trying to put ourselves in a box of acceptance. And the truth, the true acceptance comes when you're not trying to box yourself in and you're just existing boldly because those people will come and be like, I like that. I want that. But when you start to like, I conform and I do this and I do this to be likable, then you get all these people that are not really liking you for you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of people, do you have any horries? <laughs> What's a hoary? Like a very, like a hotel. Uh, 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 Horror stories. I have one too from Miami. I just remembered. Oh, okay. I was going to share one from our audience. But... Okay. You could share that one. No, if you want to go and do it, go ahead. I can share too. Okay. So I went to Miami. <laughs> this is not that long, so don't worry. And you know, you know, there's a Mile High Club where you have sex in an airplane, which I don't even know how anyone has sex in that little ass air. Yeah, Mile High Club, that little ass bathroom. It doesn't seem sanitary, but maybe if you're driving, riding private, but I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but anyway, we went on a yacht this weekend, and I was like, oh yeah, we need to. I don't know what the, what it's called for the boat, but we're going to join that club. The under the underwater. No, I've club? later I named it the Rock the Boat Club. Oh, okay. You like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so actually, our friend also joined the Rock the Boat Club. We made it a, a truce, and she was like, you know, the, under the cabin at the yacht, there's little rooms. They're little, but they're cute, you know. <laughs> little round bed and I was like we all got in there and there was four of us there and I was like listen do you want to use the room at 2 30 we're going to come in at three (laughs) and she missed her appointment but I did not (laughs) and so we went in there and we and Orlando made a very good suggestion we need to we need to you know usually the boat the boat like docks somewhere he's like no we need to go on there when it's moving and I was like yeah so we went down to the bottom when the boat started moving and there was like a little mirror on the head bed, the the headboard, and like there's a little small window, but there's just waves. And then you start like rocking, and then he's like giving me some head, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm like <laughs> it's like adding. It was like a water bed, but real life. Mm. And then we were having sex, and then I could see our see myself in the mirror, and I was like looking at because there's also a window at the top. I could see the sky, and then I was looking at the other window, and I could see the water waves, and I was like, oh, I'm a fucking mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hot and oh. I was like probably no one can even hear us because yeah really I didn't hear loud. shit I heard nothing <laughs> anyway if you're ever on a yacht with a small room on the bottom and it's moving I highly recommend joining the Rock the Boat Club with me in Orlando <laughs> because we did it and it was great wow wow this is this is a luxury hotel this is a luxury hotel <laughs> if you ever get on the yacht go down to the bottom deck <laughs> it was very nice I have another Hori, but I think I want to save it for Patreon because it's pretty fucking juicy. Is it? Okay. It's a little nasty. Okay. It involves poop. 
<laughs> oh god now you have to say it now I'm, I'm all in now i'm interested it involves poop and ecstasy <laughs> poop and <What>? ecstasy <laughs> okay Okay, so if you want to hear this horror, make sure we're, you're not gonna you're not gonna hear right now. You have to actually go join Patreon. Click the link in this episode description if to hear this week's horror about poop and ecstasy. <laughs> I'm joining <laughs> Patreon.com backslash Good Moms Bad Choices. Okay, here we go. I just love the openness and the transparency we have here, and I just want to say for the record that it's true. Ho shit brings the hoes together and sometimes that hoe is your husband Mm -hmm. and you know that's how you find like who's acceptance who has acceptance over the hoe shit and i highly recommend two hoes finding each other because if you find someone who's square then you're gonna be just lusting after hoe shit your whole life wait why is the last part oh okay eric i have a burning question need to ask did your friend ever get an email back from the wife of the guy who catfished you and lied about his son living in london I've been listening, trying to find an update. What's the wife's Instagram handle? Can I send her your podcast episode where you put him on blast? Lord. I'm sure somebody already did. And we don't know. We never, I think we blocked. The episode is called I'm dating a married man. But we never, we never heard. They, and they're, no, they, oh, they got, they had another baby. They did. They had another baby. She was pregnant. That's what happened. When we looked last a couple of years ago, she was having another baby. Yeah. They, I don't know if that was a good, good choice, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. And if you want to know what we rate these your horries, there are ten because we keep reading them. You're doing a good job, girl. Girl. Wow. And we and- rarely get like level ten good ones, and you seem to keep bringing the heat. Um. And if you have any horries, please make sure to either email them to where production. Product- no, parental. Parental advisory gmbc at gmail.com. Or you can actually leave us a voice message. You can leave us a voicemail and confess, and we'll anonymously play your hoary on the show or share it on Patreon. The number is 818 213 1287. Yep, that's it. Um, but we'll leave all that in the episode description. Masi. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope we didn't scare you with that last little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, I just can't tell you mine. <laughs> when we turn it's off this PG-13 <laughs> brand. <laughs> when we turn off this mic, I'm getting all the juice. <laughs> so you know what I, I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say, you know, I'm, I'm all this and that, but I'm a freak. And I was like, I can see that. <laughs> Something tells me, Mossy, when like the, the door is closed. Listen, there's fire in this chart for a reason. For and Scorpio sure. and Venus, bitch, please. Gemini too. Those little freaks. I'm half Gemini, so... <laughs> Um, tell our audience where they can find you. I am everywhere. I'm like air. No. <laughs> okay. But oh my Glorilla. You Glorilla. Like just like that. I air am everywhere, everywhere. To be honest. Uh, but <laughs> on Instagram, Masi, M-A-M-A-S-S-Y, that A-R-I-A-S, and masvida.io. And we'll link everything in this episode description. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. You guys, make sure you go and rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't, if you've been listening for years and you haven't left a review, please go do that. Also, if you're listening or, I'm sorry, watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have another retreat coming up in Costa Rica for New Year's Eve. It's December 28th to January 2nd. Mm-hmm. And we're going for New Year's Eve, bitches. So pack your bags, get a babysitter, come heal, come have fun, come frolic topless, come eat good food, come be in the Caribbean and dance on the beach on New Year's Eve. And, uh, you know, meet your tribe because it's strong out here. And we really have cultivated a really amazing group of women who have just good stories and and just open hearts and are looking also for friendships and tribes. So 
If you haven't gone to Good Vibe Retreat yet and you've been waiting, here's your chance. You can make payments. Just put a $500 deposit. If we make it easy, just get your flight, put your deposit, make payments, and pull up. This is the one vacation you don't have to worry about shit. We've worried, We've done everything for you, all the activities. The place we stay is beautiful. The food is bomb. You literally don't have to think about shit. Let the good moms nurture you, and uh, that's it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.